Hey everyone, Ed Helms here. You might know me as Andy from The Office or Stu from The Hangover, or you might know me as the co-founder of BGS. I know, I'm just as surprised as you. They let me co-found something. But here's the thing, we're doing it again. Yeah, this time we're leaping into our other deep love, the vast and vibrant world of country music with something we're calling Good Country. Now this isn't just another newsletter. Think of Good Country as a place. A place where you can explore, learn, and dig into all of what makes country good. Seriously, country music has so much going on these days, and it's coming from so many different deep and soulful places, and we're here to cover all of it. Just as we've done for Bluegrass and Roots Music at BGS for over a decade. So sign up now at goodcountrybgs.substack.com and let us bring you the many sides of country music straight to your inbox. Good country. It's a nice place to be. Hey, it's Cindy Howes from the podcast Basic Folk, where we have honest conversations with folk musicians. Check out our very special 250th episode featuring an interview and performance with Basic Folk co-host Lizzie No. I feel like most women I know have an experience where They've been working and working and working to perform and to execute and to please everyone else. And then things sort of fall apart a little bit in some way or another. And partying can actually be a really important step towards getting free because it shows you where you need to fall apart and being on the dance floor, like in community with mm. other women and mm -hmm. in community with queer people. Mm -hmm. Like for me, those experiences have been so important. This time, Lizzie is on the other side of the mic talking about and performing songs from their brand new album, Half Seas. Basic Folk's 250th episode with Lizzie No is streaming now on the Bluegrass Situation Podcast Network. Join us there or wherever you get podcasts. Hey, this is Travis Book. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. didn't want a real job, let's be clear. Um, the, the other criteria was like people that I could spend 320 days with a year in a van and, and like crappy hotels and all this stuff like, you know, and it was that. And it was also people that I believe that artistically, you know, were, were important. Like write good, I mean, I spent enough time hanging out with Burl and Travis that good songs were a really important thing to, to this this criteria that I set up, right? Yeah. And so Green Sky, I, th I thought they made made amazing songs. I thought that there was room, not they need me. There's room for me. Let's put it that way. Well put. You know, um, it that's what it, every dobro player says when they see a band without a dobro, though. Welcome to the Travis Book Happy Hour Podcast. I'm Travis Book. This episode is brought to you by Americana Vibes and Thompson Guitars, makers of fine instruments, handmade with love, in Sisters, Oregon. In March of 2021, I invited my oldest musical cohort and one of my best friends, Anders Beck, to join me on the happy hour. 
Anders and I spent the first three or four years of our careers in the front seats of my 92 Ford Explorer and have 20 years of history. I love him dearly, and I'm not pulling any punches in this episode. We were joined by our Broke Mountain Bluegrass bandmate, John Stickley, for this musical retrospective. I love Anders' humor and insight and find him to be endlessly inspiring. This podcast is an edited distillation of the full-length happy hour, which aired live on March 2nd, 2021. I edit pretty heavily for the podcast, but full episodes of this and every happy hour can be viewed anytime at thetravisbookhappyhour.com. And live from the Gray Eagle in Asheville, the Pearl of Carolina, it's the Travis Book Happy Hour with special guest Anders Beck of Green Sky Bluegrass and the Happy Hour House Band featuring John Stickley. And now, your host, Travis Book. Thanks, Bill, and thanks, everyone, for joining us here for the Happy Hour Tonight, thanks everybody tuning in out there, and we have a nice, modest, uh, in-studio audience here, which is, I feel like, is a step in the right direction. So thank you all for being here. Uh, we're going to cover a lot of ground tonight. I've got a great guest. I know you already know. His name is Anders Beck, and we go way back. We've known each other almost 20 years. But first, I'm going to play a song, because it's what I do. So right. 
Thank you. Usually I play this segment of the show by myself, but, but, but I don't know if you've met Anders Beck. That's not really an option. So please make him welcome, Mr. Anders Beck. Don't pretend you didn't ask me, man. Come on. Which one's first? Yeah, you know, Anders and I, we, we've, we've been in bands together forever. We're doing, um, I got you. Oh, we got some other Durangatangs around here, huh? Anders and I had a gig for, for a winter where we played as a duo. And so I thought I would kind of take it back to those days. And we'll play a couple tunes. This first one is a Hartford tune. Can't lose with Hartford. Ready? Let me sing you a song about Vegas town and poor old Howard Hughes Locked up there in his hotel suite trying to find his shoes Well, he got so much to lose Poor old Howard Hughes and all of his blues Well, his nurses and his chauffeurs, they all stand around inside Watch the door and they wait on him, whatever's on his mind And that's a heck of a lot to do Just to guard old Howard Hughes and all of his blues and if you didn't have a nickel, didn't have a dime, you could do it every day and well please and do it most all the time. But success is just a mess overdue. Poor old Howard Hughes and all of his blues. in the paper, always on the news, but no one knows who's using who, or even what's the truth, yeah, who is getting screwed, it's them, you know who, and all of his blues, well, way down there on the Vegas Strip where the regular people pass, somebody said he's not too well, and I heard he's sinking fast, but that's unofficial sources to the news, about poor old Howard Hughes and all of his blues. If you didn't have a nickel, you didn't have a dime, you could do it every damn well, please, and do it most all the time. But success is just a mess. Well, the It's poor old Howard Hughes and all of his blues. about him some of them are awful long didn't really have all that much time so i thought i'd just write this song gotta get me in a few licks too about poor old howard hughes and all of his blues and if it wasn't for his money you know that he'd be free and he'd walk around all over town just like you and me but success is just a mess well, I do. it's poor old howard hughes and all of his blues
Howard Hughes. I was going to talk a little bit about something, but I, I kind of feel like, I, you know, that song is so interesting. It's sort of timeless. I love that. Uh, if it wasn't for his money, you know, he'd be free and he could walk around all over town just like you and me. But success is just a mess of overdues. And I often think about that, about how sympathetic I am for people who have become famous. And I think as a culture, we generally are not very, like look at Britney Spears, you know, poor gal. Like we don't have a lot of sympathy uh, for people who get rich and famous because we think that that's like, because that's what we're so fixated on as a culture, right? We, we love that stuff, we worship that stuff, but that's a pretty lonely place to be. And I always told the band, I was like, dudes, I'm okay with getting rich, <clears throat> not that into it, but I'm okay with it. I said, but I really don't want to be famous. You know, um, like when I think about like Steve Martin who lives not too far from me in Brevard, you know, like poor guy can't even go out and have dinner, you know? And, and with Howard Hughes, I think also like what that fame will do is it'll just sort of distort your mind and distort your reality and it separates you from everything and you get to where you can't trust anybody and you get paranoid and so, you know, I can, like I can see why Kanye is insane because that sort of stuff will drive you insane. So anyway, that, I was... I was going to talk about Telluride, but we'll talk about that later. I wanted to, I wanted to, talk, about, I wanted to talk about being rich and about how I feel like that, that, that illusion that we all are so obsessed with, I think we could all st stand to like stand back from that a little bit. That said, um, if you'd like to contribute to tonight's show, uh, you can donate via Venmo at TravisBook and PayPal.me backslash TravisBook1. We don't do it for the money, but we do have mortgages to pay. So any contributions would be gratefully accepted. Yeah, but not so much that we get weird. Yeah, 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 like donate a little bit, but not like so much. You know, like a good gig. You want to keep us to where like we need gigs. Yeah. Right? Just like a zero, a bunch of zeros, but not like a bunch of zeros on the donation. So for those of you who don't know, Anders plays, Anders plays Dobro in a band called Green Sky Bluegrass. And yes, of course, a fantastic, a fantastic ensemble. <laughs> but this, but, but, but before, you, before you became a member of Green Sky and before I became an infamous string duster, we were salty dogs. <laughs> Do you remember those days? Oh, uh, yeah, you, man. <laughs> you sent me a picture of a recording of our band at KSU Studios in Ignacio from August 9th of 2002, <laughs> which tells me that we probably started playing together and hanging out about six months before that. Yeah. On the drive up here today, we could not remember when we first met. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, like, I was like, hey, do you remember when we first met? And Travis is like, mm-mm, no. And I was like, well, me neither. And it was like, this sort of, <laughs> we were sort of talking about the idea of, this, of us, of him interviewing me, like, and how deep this relationship goes and it's like we don't we don't remember where it started and that and that's not because we're complete idiots and have forgotten a lot of stuff it's just been that long i think really i don't know yeah there was it was like there was a time before we knew each other but then very soon after like as soon as we knew each other then we basically hung out all the time yeah because we were sort of fixated on several of the same goals yes which were we were mostly into playing music Getting high and going skiing. Yeah. And that bros for life. That, meant we, <laughs> that kept us pretty busy for a few years. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. 
so, so then the following winter, um, I'm going to try to draw the line here real quick. The following mm -hmm. winter, Andy Thorne and, and friends walked into Candy Music Woodworks, where you were working. Yeah. And by the summer of 2003, we were the Broke Mountain Bluegrass Band. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were. Just, yeah. Just like that. And then, and it wasn't, it wasn't much long, much, very soon after that, that we were no longer the Broke Mountain Bluegrass Band. Yeah. That band really, you know, it, it started and then it had one really great summer with the main lineup and then it, it disbanded. Two, two. Yeah, well, you get two. Well, yeah, we had a second, we had a second year with uh, Chad Love on banjo. No, because we won, well, anyway, sure. We won with Rick Hawkman on guitar without know, Stickley, yeah, and then we had a year that was sort of the essential lineup. Okay, got and then it. we played, and then Andy okay. Thorne went to join Larry Keel, <laughs> which made made sense at the time to him. We were pretty upset about it. Yeah. And then Travis went to join the Dusters, which well, that's eventually that happened. Yeah. Yeah, so, you were pretty upset about that. We were playing every Monday night at the you, Strader you, Hotel. You asked me. You asked me like, is it okay if I go do this? You said, can I go join the String Dusters? And I said, yes, Travis, you may. And I like, you know, blessed him to carry on. It's true. This is true, folks. I remembered we were driving down Main Street to go to our regular gig. I picked you up at your house on Monday because your car wasn't running at the time. I think you'd blown, you'd blown, you'd, you'd, you'd like thrown a rod in your Pathfinder yes. on our way to a Fourth of July gig in Silverton. You remember that? Yeah. And then sure you did. limped that thing all the way back over over Molas yeah. with, with, with a thrown rod. It yeah. was amazing. But amazing I, is one word for so it. So I was picking. I was picking. Every Monday, I go to the, I go up to like Twenty Third Street, pick up Honors, and then we drive right down Main to go to Strader. And I remember one of these times, I was thinking this is going to be a hard conversation. I got to tell Honors that I, I got offered this gig, and I'm probably going to move to Nashville. And Honors was like, "Yeah, man, you should probably." <laughs> I remember being like, "You should probably go do that." I'm like, "Those guys want you," <laughs> like, and I, and and this is not like I understood. It made perfect sense, but still, it was like, it was like a, not really. It was a compliment, but it was like, it was like, wow, man, I was right. You're badass, man. Like, it was, <laughs> Well, that was one thing that we had in common. We, we, we very early, we, early on, we sort of bought into the delusion that we had a place in the music industry. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, before we really did have any right to think yeah, that we belonged just... on any stage anywhere, we were already kind of like, we're going to do this. Yeah. Well, and Andy and Stickley really helped with that because they were really good. Well, <laughs> they know? legitimized us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, like, we kind of belonged on stage all of a sudden, and, like, yeah. we, we had to really fake it pretty well um, because... <laughs> Stickley and Andy came from North Carolina and taught us how to play music like, like North Carolina people do, you know, like bluegrass, like North Carolina style, which is not bluegrass like Colorado style. Um, <laughs> no and we learned not. quickly, because if not, we were going to lose these two guys <laughs> and like, yeah. we wouldn't be allowed on stage anymore. <laughs> and so, um, but I think that's an interesting point. Like we really were just like, yeah, we're supposed to be on stage, of course. And like, so that's maybe a good takeaway for everybody out there. Well, I've, I, always, <laughs> I always maintain that it, it that the whole, the whole, this whole thing we're doing is, um, what's the right word for it? It's a little, um, it's just kind of absurd to think that, like, you make something up. I make up a song and I'm like, oh, people got to hear this. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, people should pay me to listen was, to this. I was, it's like, it's so, it's so a, delusional. You know, there's a, yeah, it's, it's a really interesting thing, like, art in general. That's like, I, you know, <laughs> my thing is good enough, like, and... I'll tell you, you know, pretty honestly, like, occasionally, and this happened to me recently, um, or, you know, a little while ago, whatever, doesn't matter when, but, like, you know when a golfer gets, like, they call it, like, the, the yips or something, where it's, like, great golfer, right? And all of a sudden, you hit one shot that goes, like, like we're talking PGA-level golfers, you know, they hit one, and I don't know much about golf, but they hit, you hit one shot, and it goes like that, and then all of a sudden, it's in their head, okay? And then they're, like, and they can't shake it, and, like... 
I had, I had a weird moment recently where I was like, something weird happened. I was playing, and I was like, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm not good at this thing at all. <laughs> it was like, and, and just that, and it's, it's funny, but it's all, like that one moment, it like just cycled in my head the right way, and it scared the shit out of me. You know, and like, I, and I had to really shake it off. It took a while. Like, you know, like I, and that goes back to the art thing of like, yeah, what I'm doing is, I, uh, you should be out there paying to watch me. And I'm like, no, maybe. What, what if you shouldn't? <laughs> you know, I'm like, you can't get that in your head. It's scary as hell. Well, and, there's, um, is there, there's sort of like a, there's like an opposite of the yips that can happen too, though, where like early on, like you play a song and it, or you play a show and like the audience goes crazy, or like you play a song and like people are really into it and you're like, it's like you're like, oh, I need that feeling some more. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh. Oh, I can do something that people like, you know, and then yeah. and then and much the same way where you're like, oh, maybe I'm not any good at this. You're like, oh, ma- oh my God, maybe I am. Yeah, right. Maybe oh, I'm I, good at this. Absolutely. You know? And yeah. and that's sort of I feel like what what kind of fuels that that sort of delusional <laughs> quality that musicians have, where like somebody says your song is good, and that's like all it takes. You know, you're just like, oh yeah, I, but, I'm a I'm a freaking songwriter now. Yeah, you know? th- yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> what I think is art, the ability, like for for a song, you think about it, right? And it's like even when I show songs to my band, it's like, you know, I'm like this, this is me. Like I've I've put this on paper or whatever, and like here, check it out. And those moments are scary as hell. <laughs> like whether it's yeah. my band or people in the crowd, you know, it's like. Yep. But something about this idea of like, you have to have such a a self-confidence to be like, I believe it's good. And, I, and maybe that's what everyone does at work. I'm not sure. But, because this is all I've done for a long time. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> but, don't even really know anymore yeah, what real work is like. But it's like, you know, you're like, this is my heart. This is what I, this is what I want to put out there. And like, that level of self-confidence, I think, is really important too. But there's a, it's a lot of facets to this thing we're talking about. Yeah, I always, I always, I always like to say that, um, you know, uh, uh, being a musician and is is an incredible sort of uh, proxy for working on yourself, you know, because any issues that come up, anything you're experiencing, confidence issues or or uh, self-image issues, ego, all that stuff, you can sort of work through it as a musician and not have to like work through it as yourself, you know. But then, <laughs> but then it's like you're working on yourself without actually having to work on yourself. Yeah. And all of a sudden, know? hi, COVID. Hey, gonna work on myself? Oh, oh, oh. So by the summer of <laughs> Ah, cool, man. <laughs> We're proud of you for the work you've done. Uh, by the summer of 2005, Laugh I was headed me, to Nashville. Laugh at me, cheer for me. Thank God. I missed this so much. <laughs> Go on, Travis. Sorry. Well, I was saying by, by the summer of 2005, which was the last year we were in that band together, I was headed to Nashville to, to try to get the String Dusters going. You spent a year in the Wayward Sons yep, before, before you joined Green Sky, who you'd met at Telluride. Right? Close. I first sat in with them at Telluride. Maybe. Well, yeah. Well, you're not good at remembering. Yes, when you I met am. No, people. no. There's no. There's other parts of stories. I met them at Bristol Rhythm and Roots Festival, and I met them there. And then we did a couple gigs together, maybe before then or le- leading up to then. And it was Wayward Sons and Green Sky, and we would one night Wayward Sons would open the show, and the next night Green Sky would, and kind of did that kind of thing. And so we played with each other a little bit, and so I met them, and it was. Telluride was the first, like, sit in, they were like, hey, come sit in with us at Telluride. So that was like a real, was a real stage, you know? Yeah, what, how, how did that, how did that crystallize for you? Like, how, how, can you tell me about, like, gaining that awareness where you were like, oh, this is, these are my guys, and, like, this is my scene, and this is my jam, and, yeah, and I'm going to get in this band, and they need me. <laughs> yeah. Like, how did that, how did that happen for you? Um, well, 
the Wayward Sons were kind of wrapping up. We f we realized that some people in the in the band didn't want to didn't want to be a full time touring band, which is <laughs> totally understandable. Totally um, understandable. And uh, I I sort of thought I I wasn't done with that though. I, I had not. I needed. I wasn't done. Being, you know, trying to make it to whatever I was trying to make it to. Um, and so I made a list of bands um, that I thought um, could use uh, my skills, right? As for one, and and then God, you are you are amazing, man. I mean, that no, is dude. such a bold move. I, you you are one of a kind. God, no, we can all learn so much from you. That's genius. Are you serious? Or are you like, making fun of me? I can't tell. It's usually yes, yes. The answer is yes. I mean, okay, well, so, I mean, you're you're like you're seriously you're sitting around and you're like that band needs me. That's not what happened. There was a list of there was that's not what happened. There's lots of bands that needed me and oh, I picked one. Okay, that, yeah. Oh, that that band needs me. Hey, you guys need a Dobra? I mean, God. Does anyone does anyone here think I was right about what I what about Green Sky? I mean, just like no offense. I, there's no debating uh, that you were right. Okay, well then let's circle back to that now. And so Green Sky. Um, and so, but, but we kind, we played man. together, and, and you know the other criteria on this list, like I didn't want a real job. Let's be clear. Um, the the other criteria was like people that I could spend 320 days with a year in a van, and and like crappy hotels and all this stuff. Like, you know, and it was that, and it was also people that I believe that artistically, you know, were, were important. Like, right? Goods. I mean, I spent enough time hanging out with Burl and Travis that. Good songs were a really important thing to, to this this criteria that I set up, right? Yeah. And so Green Sky, I, th I thought they made, made amazing songs. I thought that there was room. Not that they need me. There's room for me. Let's put it that way. Well put. You know? Um, it That's what it, every dobro player says when they see a band without a dobro, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just, yeah. It's just a fact. Yeah. Or, or fiddle. I mean, dobro or fiddle, right? There's, there was, there there's was a, a reason I've had a dobro player in every single band. It's because you form a band, and pretty soon there's a dobro player showing up at rehearsals. And you're like, who the hell are you? They're like, I don't know, man. You don't have a dobro. I'm here. Yeah. And, and each of those bands got better when you got a dobro player. So, I mean, consider it. Fact. <laughs> but, but, so, but so Green Sky, I, I thought they wrote great, they wrote great songs. Um, I, could, I could spend the rest of my life with them. <laughs> you know, it's literally, this is criteria. And uh, there, there was some space. Like musically, some space for another instrument, and so I, um, I don't like this story because this makes me sound really weird. But I like. I well, we can like, move on if you want. I, I can edit it out in the podcast. <laughs> Great, see ya. No, um, no, I, uh, <laughs> no, I, um, no, I, um, I sent him an email and was like, "Hey guys, you know, we should we should try this thing like where I play some shows with you and like see how it goes," and. Um, and then we did a whole, we did a tour, like a, a couple weeks of tour, and and um, I joined the band. We were, you know, it was like a trial period. I learned all the songs, and it was fun and awesome, and sounded good, and it was great. And then within a couple of months, I'm in the band. You know, like it was like a yeah, you're we, Michigan, yeah, and I'm in Michigan yeah. and in the band, yeah, and like yeah. it was like like we hereby invite you to join our band. Like, do you accept? It was like you know, it was really like that. That's awesome. Yeah, it's like you've been knighted a member of Green yeah. Sky Bluegrass. Yeah. Yeah. Your life will never be the same. <laughs> That's you basically... Will play, <laughs> you will play dobro in front of more people than any other dobro player in the world. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of... How uh, could you even know? I was knighted. Um, when did you first, get, when did you first get, get captured by this sort of like pseudo-bluegrass scene and also by the dobro? Is uh, it okay I use that term? The same time... <laughs> uh, you were standing right next to me when it happened, remember? <laughs> 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 we were in Durango. <laughs> and we were like... 
hey, that's pretty cool. <laughs> and you're, you're like, I'm going to go buy this bass, this like acoustic bass. And I like went and bought it. I was playing. We were both really bad at acoustic guitar. And like, um, yeah. And I, I remember I got a dobro and I put on the picks backwards. I didn't even know how to play it. And I was like, I want to do that. It sounds fun. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, yeah, and we were listening to Yonder and like, you know, all that. I mean, that's not a fair question. You were right there. <laughs> oh, yeah, they weren't. Okay, I forgot about y'all. Exactly. Yeah, okay. See, so that's Trav how interviewing works. I already know all the answers to these questions, man, but I, they don't. Yeah, well. So let's share with them. Okay. Well, you, was it Jerry Douglas? Uh, Dobro, it was, a, it was a Dobro workshop with, um, at Telluride Bluegrass Festival with uh, Jerry, Sally Van Meter, Rob Ikes, Mike Aldridge, all the, all the cats, right? Epic. And I was walking down the street, and I was, um, I was trying to learn bluegrass guitar, like flat-picking guitar, the stuff Stickley does. That's really good. And I was trying to learn that, and um, it was really hard. And I want, we were getting into bluegrass, all of us together, and I was like, man, I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull it <laughs> off. I was an electric guitar player, you know, and, and I heard the do walk by this Dobro workshop, and literally, I, I like stopped in my tracks. I mean, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I stopped in my tracks. I like dropped my Bloody Mary walking down the street in Telluride, and like, and I was like, that's it. That's the sound I'm looking for. It's the, it's like, it's the electric guitar of acoustic music, and that's what I wanted, and that's what I wanted to do. And Dobro is that to me. And I remember thinking that, and I still use that phrase all the time to describe what a Dobro is. You know, because it's got that sustain and the long notes, and like, I don't know. That's when I found it. And the next day, I went back to Canyon Music, bought a Dobro, eventually started working there. <laughs> right. You were, you were all in. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like a tale as old as time. Like, you kind of, you know, it's like what happened to me. I, I sort of got a whiff of this whole scene. And I like to call, I, like to, I sort of like to think of it as like the Telluride scene. Because, um, because the greatest musicians in, in this scene play there. It's sort of the nexus for, for the scene. And, uh, like, what, once, once you get a load of that, how do you how like you're at least speaking for myself like I was I was done I yeah. saw I, I saw that and I was like I want in on this even if I'm just paying to sneaking into the festival to party like I gotta you know I have to be here and once I realized that there might be a possibility for me to actually like be part of it playing music I was I was I was done I mean there was yeah. gonna be nothing else in my life at that point yeah. I mean bluegrass is such a musician's music um, and I think that's what drew us both to it because you can play it you, you know. It's acoustic instruments, so you can play it on your porch, <laughs> like we did as twenty-year-olds yeah. or whatever. And uh, yeah, without a venue. Yeah, and then so you can you can do that, but also, you know, there's a certain once you get once you start learning about music and learning how to play music, you see bluegrass players doing what they do, and you're like, man, they're good. <laughs> you know, like you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Compared to whatever rock band, I mean, everyone's good. I don't, you know, not to draw lines, but you watch, you see someone like Stickley or whatever, and you're like, what in the I guess he's not over there right now, is he? <laughs> uh, no, no, but his notes are still echoing. I mean, yeah, you can yeah. always hear it. And you're like, you're like, man, that's. It, it's like, a, it's it's like jazz. It's like redneck jazz, man. And I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm in. <laughs> Why do you um, I you know beyond the beyond the obvious answer that like it's just fun or because I don't know what else to do. Right. What? Why do you? Why do you? Why do you do it? Why, why do you do what you do? Um, what what, what, what well, motivates you? Well, with ruling out those two <laughs> answers, um, you know, I, uh, excuse me, getting all choked up here. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think um, I really find a lot of joy in entertaining people. Um, 
as the youngest of three boys in my family. It was always like, look at me, look at me. You know, like everyone was just over. You know, everyone had stuff to do, and I had to like maybe vie for attention a little bit. And um, and so I think there's a a big part of entertaining in it for me, like being on stage. Um, but but honestly, once it got past all the stuff, when it got to a certain point where I belonged on stage, you know, I, I worked really hard to get good at this music, right? But then at a certain point, being on stage, um, you see this you see this kind of spot where you make people really happy, and like you see you see people in an audience, and you're like. You could play this note and or do play a solo or do something and like you can affect people on an, on an emotional level and that was a really big deal to me um, and so um, and I think about that a lot like because I don't you know I certainly don't consider myself to be like the best dobro player in the world but like I'm myself you know like that and I really I really try to harness that a lot like be be me and don't worry about the other stuff like you know I really in different phases of my life that's that's important for me to be like you know i'm i'm just trying to do what i do and like you know sometimes i try and knock people over with notes and these weird pedals and stuff you know like uh sometimes i make them smile i try and make them cry sometimes make them laugh whatever but like making people feel is really really cool whatever they feel just making them feel you know <laughs> like this yeah. do you feel does there, does there, is there any pressure or responsibility that comes along with that? Like, do you, do you feel responsible to, to your, to your audience? Do you feel, I'm not wording this quite right. Do you, yeah, um, how, how, yeah, how, how, what is, what is the audience's role in all of that? Uh, I'm not sure, man. I think as, as we've grown this, this really big, fan base we we sort of talk about that a lot like what is our responsibility to that to that fan base um and beyond just like continuing to make new music and like there i, be, I do believe that we're like i wouldn't call it pressure it's more like a it's like the mm, it's, it's an interesting subject where we're both at the loss for words uh, yeah well like, you know like like it's, it's, it's not a pressure it's like a it's a want to um fulfill <laughs> A, des a desire to rise to the occasion. Yeah. Because people come with an expectation. Yeah. And, it, you know, as, as, an improvis in a, as a very improvisatory band, you know, it can go any number of ways any night. Because um, we, we sort of pride ourselves in, you know, musically, like going up to the cliff <laughs> as a group on any given night in a show, going up to the cliff, leaning over the cliff, looking over the edge, you know, and seeing what's over there. And, like, then hopefully getting away. And sometimes we fall over the cliff, you know, like, right. but that's yeah, you what don't imp jump. improvisation is like this thing that, you know, that you're, you're building something um, together and you, you know, by definition, have no idea where you're going. But like, for me, when it, when it works, it's the most amazing thing in the world. When it doesn't, we've gotten pretty good at kind of like, you know, figure out how to make a, how to not crash and burn super hard. But like, when, when it flies, it's, that's also one of the reasons why I do it, to circle back to that. You know, like, yeah. uh, self-servingly, you know, not for other people. For me, it's like when, we're, when we have a jam that just, that goes the way, like, it's supposed to in my head or whatever, and, like, I play a certain thing, and, you know, you don't get to talk to people except for your instruments when you're jamming, right? And so 
you play something and everyone else grabs onto it and someone starts going this way and, and like you do that thing that you're trying to do, that, that like improvisational glory and it works, that's why I do it too, also. <laughs> yeah, totally. When you, land the, when you land the airplane, it feels yeah. really good. <laughs> yeah. um, especially if people know that that's what you're trying to do. Yeah, right. you know? um, <laughs> they didn't even know we were jamming. <laughs> yeah, right. What do, you, what do you think the point is of all of this? Um, this interview? <laughs> uh, all no. Of what? All of what? That's a, I mean, just... Let's of, of existence. Oh, existence. Yeah. Uh, What's the point? Um, for you. The, the, I'm, I'm not sure. I think that... Um, I tend to believe that um, a big point of it is to, like, have... So just to be happy, to like uh, feel joy, like, and there's a lot of different ways to do that, um, but I, I tend to sort of have this belief that you don't know when it's going to end. Um, hopefully, it's a really long time from now. Uh, hope you know, but you could get you could walk out there and get hit by a bus, you know. So what did you do? To, what did you do today? <laughs> you know, like you can you can have this super long goal or whatever, like long term thing, but. I mean, it sounds simple when you say it, but it's like, just have fun, you know? You don't, you don't know how long you're going to be here. And uh, it, it sounds a little trite, but fuck it. Have fun. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Yeah. seems like a reasonable goal to me, you know? Yeah, I think, I think we get a little preoccupied with purpose. Yeah. And I think it, I saw a meme the other day. It said, it essentially said, you know, maybe it is okay to just spend your whole life checking things out, <laughs> trying stuff on, and then... And then you die. And that's totally, like, maybe that's actually the point, you know? Um, yeah. Maybe there doesn't have to be some grand statement. I know some people are really concerned about their legacy. And I'm like, who gives a shit about your, like, you're going to be dead, player. Why do you care, you know? <laughs> um, they're, 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 the, that's interesting. I, I, I mean, I, yeah, I, and I, I'm, I'm going to just say this is my answer right now. Tomorrow you could ask me the same question, and I could have a very different answer. You know, like, um, and yeah, it's. Um, I just got a couple more questions. Okay, and then we'll play music. Are they all about existence or what? No. Oh, cool. <laughs> Thanks. No, that was that was that was the that was the hardest one I've got. Do you ask everyone that? Because uh, I'm gonna start listening to the show. If you do, I need to learn some stuff. <laughs> kinda. Really? Yeah, right. I'm always I'm always really surprised at how few people actually watch the show. <laughs> <laughs> like all my guests, what? they I come on and they're like, "Oh, this is really cool," and I'm like, "Yeah, I know, I do this all the time. You should check well, it out." I, I do watch. All, I was, I was making a joke. I watch this all the time. I'm serious. Um, I just, I just got a couple more, and th and you can keep these real quick if you want to. What are you afraid of? Um, Nah, I mean, sort of. But He's uh, not afraid of spiders. I don't like snakes and spiders. No, I definitely don't. Uh, I'm afraid of um, not living up to people's expectations for me. Let's unpack that on another episode. Um, <laughs> Anders, what do you hope for? I, I also, let me just say quickly, I also share that fear. <laughs> and that, that, whole issue of, of, expect, of, of expectations, which are your perception of what people's expectations are of you is probably almost 
entirely created in your own mind, but it is a vicious place to live where you're, it's like, it's like projection on top of projection Mm -hmm. and you can't win. Uh, but I just, got, I guess, I just wanted to say I can sort of, I empathize. <laughs> I, I know, I sympathize. I every, everybody probably, do, everybody probably does, you know. That's a good but answer. Yeah. So, so yeah, what, what, what do you hope for? What makes you hopeful? Um, I am. What, what do I hope for? Well, one, one, two, which question? That's two different questions. What do you hope for? Um, I hope for, um, like. Eternal joy for everyone. That's really generous of you. That's beautiful, though. Give this man some applause for that. Yeah, I, I, I would. I, I hope that a lot more people can experience joy. Final question, honors. What makes you happy? Uh, being this close to you, buddy. <laughs> I'm dead serious. The amount of fun I've had playing music with I'm Travis these last couple of days, like. Um, yeah, like friends, friends that, you know, a lot of us have been going through that, this thing where you don't get to see a lot of your friends, right? I mean, we all know that feeling and it's like, you know, genuinely miss human interaction with, with people that I truly care about. And, um, so at this point, yeah, this makes me really happy. Um, just sitting around your house and bullshitting or whatever, you know, like it's a... Yeah, this this last yeah. couple of days made me really happy too. Yeah, and I, so I miss I miss you. I'm glad you live in Nashville now, and I can see you more often. Yeah. Hey, everybody, Anders Beck, the one and only. We're gonna get John Stickley out here, and we're gonna play some music for you all. Thanks again, everyone who's tuning in on the internet. There's a decent number of you out there, and we hope that you'll stick around. Now that you made it through the interview portion, I'm sure you will. Once again, you know, he's, he's been a guest on this show in his own right. He's been a member of the house band several times. He is one of our oldest friends and one of our bandmates. Give him, give him some specific love just for him. It's Mr. John Stickley. Thank you. Always a pleasure, Travis. Thanks for having me. Of course. It's convenient that we're just down the street from your house. Yes. It means I don't have to pay you as much. <laughs> I'm cool with that. Great. That's why you get hired every time. <laughs> note, note to any musicians out there, aspiring musicians, there's a couple things you can do to get more gigs. One thing you can do is show up on time. Another thing is learn the music. But if you never ask about the money, that's pretty endearing. So keep that in mind. We're gonna we're gonna stroll down we're gonna stroll down memory lane. We're gonna play some old chestnuts. We were in a band together years ago, and we didn't want to stray too far from that. So we're gonna play some music for you all. Yep. This is the segment of the show that we're gonna feature Anders, though. So please, oh, we are? What are we playing? pay attention to Anders, <laughs> as if you had a choice. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a little razzled after my therapy session. Everybody, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Imagine how they feel. (laughs) I think I told my therapist to tune in, so that's pretty good, maybe. (laughs) Music! Music time.
take Gave all that I can give Can't stand another day I don't know if I can live World's got the best of me I'm fighting to be free It's time for me to drive Yeah, it's time for me to I've been Rocky Mountain High And I've been Death Valley Low From Virginia down to Texas My speed never slowed And my past is in the mirror Don't call cause I won't hear you And I'm bound for Mexico Yes, I'm bound for Mexico Say just what I've seen, things that I've been through would make any man mean. So to save you all some strife, I'm about to take my life, and I'll bid this world goodbye. Yeah, I bid this world goodbye. 
song by Anders Beck called Reservoir Hill. We spent a lot of time at the Four Corners Folk Festival outside of Pagosa Springs on top of Reservoir Hill, drinking whiskey and playing music. And that's where we named that song. We're not good at naming things. We're like, what should we call it? We're like, I, I don't know, where are we? Uh, okay, res Reservoir, uh, we're under a tarp. Uh, <laughs> that one worked too, yeah. yeah. That one worked too. Uh, let's call this one Tarpology. Speaking of dumb songs, speaking of dumb songs, everybody, um, or dumb names for songs, <laughs> um, I would like to point out something that's very important. <laughs> Casual Wednesday. Uh, it is Wednesday, folks, uh, and uh, you know, thinking about legacies and things like that that we were talking about, right? interviews of, you know, what's my legacy? My legacy just might be Casual Wednesday, everybody. And um, I am fine with that. I'm totally fine with that. Um, so uh, Casual Wednesday is a thing that is uh, special, near and dear to my heart. Um, and I haven't I haven't played a show on a Wednesday in a really long time. In my band, Green Sky, on Wednesdays we celebrate Casual Wednesday. We get kind of weird and we have lots of fun. Um, and I, you know, just just today I realized, you know, it's it's Wednesday, and I'm playing a show, and I'm really excited about. It. I haven't played a show in forever, okay? Um, and so you can help me feel a little more at home, just by singing these two words with these guys. The two words are casual and Wednesday. Casual Wednesday. Yeah, that's what you gotta do. You guys feel that? It just feels good, doesn't it? Casual Wednesday. Come on, you haven't been in a crowd in a long time. You can sing. You can sing your hearts out. Come on! You know, um, I've been alive for a while, and um, you know, Tra Travis has been alive for 2,081 Wednesdays. Everybody, Travis Book, 2,081 Wednesdays. Give it up for Travis Book. Yep. And Wednesdays they happen they happen about once a week. Four to five times a month. About <laughs> uh, <laughs> once a week. Uh, Are you a scientist? No, a rocket surgeon. <laughs> do, you make, do you make calendars? <laughs> hey, this is my this is my portion of the show. Back off, buddy. Okay. It's <laughs> oh, tell me about your childhood. Oh, I'm Travis Book. What the fuck? Uh, uh, yeah. it's casual Wednesday, everybody. Let's go. Come on, sing it. Sing it. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hey, hold on. It's <laughs> okay. Uh, I've been a lot, oh, so yeah, 52 times a year, Wednesdays. <laughs> 52 times a year, Wednesdays, 52 times a year. <laughs> and they have a fun, you know, Stickley, play the damn song, would you? Come on. <laughs> it's gonna be your last Wednesday, bro. <laughs> now, um, so, so 522 times a decade, there's a Wednesday. And I, myself, have been alive for 2,261 Wednesdays. And I would like to tell you, that today, everybody, this very day, this one right here that I'm spending with you and my two great friends, this is the best damn Wednesday of my life. So if you could get back to singing those two words for me, sing it, sing it, sing it. Casual Wednesday. Oh, feels good. Sing it. Talking casual. 
casual Wednesday. Suck it Thursday, suck it Tuesday, suck it Monday, Friday, yeah. Casual Wednesday. Sunday is pretty cool, but not as cool as, not as cool as casual Wednesday. All right, last one. Let it ring, everybody, after this, ready? That felt really wow. good. I, I, need, I needed that, everybody. I needed that. Woo! <laughs> I think I just seen my first miracle. I think I just got blown away. And I'm believers, unbelievable. Dream come true, but who's to say? Like an angel sent from up on high You looked at me right then I knew You know a flash of something caught my eye Hey, I know I fall, I fall for you life I've seen everything all the ups the downs the in-betweens all the good the bad just about anything for 40 years in faded jeans angels sent from up on high you looked at me right then I knew not for another month and a flash of something caught my eye and I knew I'd fall right fall for you Just don't happen all the time But now that you are And all that's left of me It's gonna be real hard to find Like an angel sent from up on high You looked at me right then I knew You know you knew Flash of something caught my eye
I'd fall. I knew I'd fall. I'd fall. I knew I'd fall. I'd fall for you. having a good time tonight. Thanks for humoring us. This is great. I'm so glad you guys came out to do the show. We should do this again sometime. Yeah. All right, we're going to play one more here. This is a song I made up when uh, when we were still a band, I think. Yeah, I was, I, yeah. Stickley, you're looking at your watch like you got somewhere to go. <laughs> Gig ain't over yet, dude. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Ralph Stanley. Right. I am. <laughs> oh, you gotta, gotta go home and feed the baby or something. No, I was just actually thinking about. Um, there's a very good chance that Andy Thorne could be having a baby right now. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing. I think. It, I think it just happened in that right at the end of that song. I feel like it. I don't always happen. think about Andy Thorne, but you know, right now I was just thinking. But ninety percent of the time, very you, good chance. Ninety percent of the time, you do. So, I was yeah. sitting. Yeah. Yeah. I think. I, th- I feel like. I think you're right. I don't think about stick about uh, Andy Thorne all the time. Sometimes I sleep. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I think about Stickley and Andy Thorne. <laughs> Andy and Stickley are so tight. They are like so. They are so intimately entwined that, unbeknownst to each other, they managed to get engaged within about seven hours of each other. Was it a day? Eighteen hours? Maybe something like that. Um, their their babies are a little bit further apart, but they certainly were p- pregnant at the same time. You guys are. You guys are freaks, man. Yeah. <laughs> High upon Brook Mountain. <laughs> High upon Brook Mountain. So, so uh, I, I remember, just to, to put a bow on this last tune, um, I remember I walked into Travis's kitchen in Durango in this double-wide trailer by the river. and um, he said, a massive double-wide. <laughs> it was a really nice double-wide. It, it wasn't a double-decker, but it was a big one. It was <laughs> behind Walmart. Yeah, behind Walmart. Yeah, thank you, Stickley, yes. Uh, it was a nice double-wide. Um, and it had great view of the river. And he's, uh, he, I walk into his house. He's, pl- he's, you know, sitting there playing guitar. And he's like, I think he wrote a good, uh, good song. <laughs> I think he wrote a good one. <laughs> and he's standing in his kitchen with, without a shirt on. And, like, and, he, and he starts playing me this song. And I was like, yep, <laughs> you sure did, buddy. <laughs> and it was sort of like, all right, this, you know, that's going to work out well for you, man. Like, I think this music thing is going to work. <laughs> and I remember, that, I remember that moment very well. And it was this song. So we're going to play it for you. It seems like it worked out. <laughs> we're still playing it. We're still, we're still playing it. You don't count it? Um, Actually, I'll do it. I'll do it. Standing on the roadside, it held in my hands. Rain falls hard on the ground right where I stand. Headlights shining, half a mile away. Been a long and lonesome day. Yeah, it's been a long and lonesome day. On the highway, the dark against the sky Never going my way, the 
such a long time to go from yesterday. I've been a long and lonesome day. Here I am again. I'd love to catch a ride, stick my thumb out in the wind. Shouldn't look behind me, it don't ever pay. But long and lonesome day. Yeah, it's been a long and lonesome
This has been the Travis Book Happy Hour Podcast. Thanks for listening. Huge thanks to Anders Beck, John Stickley, Ariel Rosenberg, Andy Eubanks, Thompson Guitar, and Americana Vibes. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a positive review on your preferred platform. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at the Travis Book Happy Hour, and full unedited episodes with video can be viewed anytime at thetravisbookhappyhour.com.